Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hello, friend. It is Angie Austin. Hello. How are how are? Look at this. I've got the whole group here. <laughs> is, it, I, is this as big a house as we've had in a long time? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Of All us. the good news gals are of here. Us. Yeah, because we're here to take, we're going to take our pictures today. That's cool. Wow, you guys look really, really good. Look how fancy you are, Beatrice Bruno, drill Everybody sergeant. Hey, I figured I'd dress like the Real Housewives of Denver. The Real Housewives, <laughs> yeah. of, Real housewives Denver. of Denver. I know, yeah. usually it's you, Cindy, all dressed up in your leather cutout mini but dress. Really do. Except yeah. Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be great. We'll look fantastic. Yeah. All right. So Beatrice is here. She is working on a lot of her own stuff and her own radio show. So she's joining us today. Uh, Michelle's here. Jennifer, Donna, Monique, and then my uh, bestie uh, Cindy is here, and myself, and Mom even uh, joining us today. Mom is, is staying with me, and so she's kind of my attached to my hip because I have to get her every day to this special clinic. And so like everywhere I go, she has to go with me because then I take her to the clinic like somewhere within the midst of my day. So she gets to kind of get a whirlwind, you know, experience in my life. <laughs> yeah, 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 what a gift. Yeah, we call it, we, we call taking care of mom and my family, we share the joy. It is. So yeah, Grand stays with different family members because we want to share, we want to spread the joy out. So everybody has the experience <laughs> with Grand. That's right. <laughs> actually, I'm it's a gift. Really, no, it is a gift. No, to it's be honest with you, it's gone really well this summer. Because I think when I think that absence made the heart grow fonder. Because I think that being away from us, she realized we were really not that bad. Mm-hmm. I think she really likes us again, uh-huh. like my family. Because there's a lot if you're at my house, you know. Because there's usually 10 to 15 kids in the backyard. There's my husband with the startup who comes home with like he definitely is stressed out when he gets home, and then me and you know my crazy life and so the ding, the doorbell's constantly going off and kids on the trampoline and hope fell off <laughs> and uh yeah it's, so it's like your doctor's appointments and you know checking you know for concussions and uh, you know swim meets and baseball tournaments so i think she missed us because yeah. she was at a place where she would be like inside for five days in a row and now she's in the middle of like a tornado of, of children mm-hmm. yeah well i'm telling you angie because once your parents are gone yeah it's a no... whole different you'll cherish these times yeah and there were times even because my mom and i butt heads quite a mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. you know you know mm-hmm. that yeah and some of those times i like i miss that headbutting yeah. like you know it's like mm-hmm. it, it oh just, she's fun i mean my mom oh, and i, I get along mom. great she when we're fun. like together and she's been making like um uh rice krispie treats with faith they and the pancakes mm-hmm. and if she adds uses the wrong mix and faith cries you know and then my mom's like oh i'll make them for lunch then <laughs> the way you like them you know so it's pretty funny <laughs> did you guys see the mtv video music awards remember mtv they used to play music remember those days do we all remember that yeah okay did you see chris pratt on the awards 
No. No. Okay, so you know how we talk about young people not, you know, coming to church and not, you know, being on fire for the Lord and how to introduce them to God. So Chris Pratt is a huge star, Guardians of the Galaxy and what else? I mean, he's a, he's like the big he's the deal. He's in right? the new Jurassic Park Jurassic movies. Park, yeah. Yeah, um, so. he was in that mo- that show Parks and Rec. Yeah. So he's been around for quite some time and the movies that he's in are all gigantic. Yeah, huge. And so he's like the man, you know, in Hollywood. So he gets this award and he gets up in front of all these young people and he's a Christian. Uh, but how do you talk about God in that setting and make it like interesting to them? Now, there's one story we took out, and it's about going to the restroom at parties and how to have proper etiquette. We thought that probably wasn't good news for the good news. So but this is just he's joking eight. around, trying to talk about things that are important, but then he's put kind of intermingling humor to appeal to the young people. And so it's eight of his nine rules to live by. Right. Okay, so here's Chris Pratt, actor, very famous now at the MTV Awards. Uh, this was just uh, last night, so here we go. Um, this being the Generation Award, I'm going I'm to cut to the chase and I'm going to speak to you, the next generation, okay? I accept the responsibility as your elder, so listen up. This is what I call nine rules from Chris Pratt, Generation Award winner. Number one, breathe. If you don't, you'll suffocate. Number two, you have a soul. Be careful with it. Number three, don't be a turd. If you're strong, be a protector, and if you're smart, be a humble influencer. Strength and intelligence can be weapons, and do not wield them against the weak. That makes you a bully. Be bigger than that. Number four, when giving a dog medicine, Put the medicine in a little piece of hamburger, they won't even know they're eating medicine. Number five, doesn't matter what it is, earn it. A good deed, reach out to someone in pain, be of service, it feels good and it's good for your soul. Number six, God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. Believe that. I do. Number eight, learn to pray. It's easy and it's so good for your soul. And finally, number nine, nobody is perfect. People are going to tell you you're perfect just the way you are. You're not. You are imperfect. You always will be, but there is a powerful force that designed you that way. And if you're willing to accept that, you will have grace. And grace is a gift. And like the freedom that we enjoy in this country, that grace was paid for with somebody else's blood. Do not forget it. Don't take it for granted. God bless you. Please get home safely. Thank you. Isn't that wow. crazy for like this day and age in Hollywood? Yes. Wow. Yes. And to get the response that, you know, the audience is cheering and with them, and he's a really good motivator. And really, mo- uh, when he said, don't be a bully, mm-hmm. then there was really a, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we've come to a place in time in our society where we need this. And Hollywood, my husband, my husband calls it Holly weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Hollywood needs to understand that without God, they're not going to be there much longer. And people, actors, need to come out because there's a lot of Christian actors out there. Many of them don't say anything about it, but those that do, 
you know, we need to applaud them and pray for them and hope that, you know, God will continue to use them to push them forward to get that message out there. Because our kids look at them as role models. And have you seen some of those folks lately? That's right. Okay. And that's why we got our kids acting crazy now. And so (laughs) I'm just saying, I, I applaud this young man for saying what he said because our kids need to hear that because um we're not always going to be here and and those words that he spoke will be remembered yes long after he's gone off of the hollywood scene that's right people will remember that chris pratt spoke that because of the position that he's in Mm -hmm. and um this quick story i met this girl um it's been about two months ago. Had no idea who she was. Andre played with her husband, but at the time they weren't married, so I didn't know her. And she, when they got married, we were leaving Cleveland, um, Browns, and coming here. And when I met her, she just embraced me and she squeezed me, and I was like, "Okay, um, nice to meet you too." And she was like, "I've heard so much about you," and I'm thinking, you know, it, it can, all came from her husband. She said, "The women in Cleveland had so much respect for you," and when I got there, they told me, "We wish you would have met her." Amen. Oh wow! And she said, "I have been begging my husband all this time." Like, I want to meet her. I want to meet her. And it took all these years for us to meet. And it's not because of how I, you know, how it was how I treated people and what I said to them. And going into Cleveland, like, you would be surprised. I took for granted, like, my grandmother teaching me how to pray. And I met women that didn't even know how to pray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I Amen. believe that. Amen. Mm-hmm. I believe that. And, and that's, you know, we have to be a representative of Christ on this earth because people, they won't read the Bible, but they will certainly read you. And they'll when, listen to the radio and absolutely. they'll watch movies and they'll watch absolutely. award shows. And that's they right. always say our actions speak way louder than our words absolutely. ever will. Amen. That's right. Will. That's right. Good. Wow. Oh. I have a friend um, that was a missionary in Cambodia. And when I went, she ran an opium detox hospital in Cambodia, and I went to visit her when I was living in Saudi Arabia. And I was so touched because she didn't speak a word of Cambodian. Wow. Um, And she was there as the sole person pretty much running this opium detox hospital Mm -hmm. as a nurse. And um, when I went to... I went to visit Ingrid in the beginning of her mission there, and she stayed for one year. At the end of her mission, she had converted, not even speaking the language. Mm-hmm. There were 40 conversions to, um, Christi- to, be, to Christianity, and they went out and converted their families, and now they have a small church, mm-hmm. like underground church in that area, be all because of her ministry there. She spoke not one word, and I sh- at some point she'd, um, I saved all her letters she ever wrote me, but I need to pull out that letter that speaks of that because I get chills to this day. And that's been a power of our actions speak way louder than our words, but she ministered to them she as felt, they were they coming off. The love from her. They felt the love, and they said, I, I want to know the power that comes from this, from and that I space. I think people sense it about you as well i think people sense that that love of christ that they feel from you and that's what you felt from that girl monique that hugged you uh, that had heard about you through other players wives and 
you know, your faith, basically, that shines through. And uh, I, I think that people sense that about us when we are, you know, right with the Lord and in that place where we can emanate that love to others. Absolutely. And you can motivate through grace and truth and, you know, speaking um, uh, with being able to motivate and be positive in a very negative situation. So, you know, when you go out there and you do, um, you have a tough situation that you have to deal with, you can speak with love and grace in that. And then um, that'll come through. And Donna, you legit have, you know, a women's ministry, but Jen, I'm not surprised the two of you have bonded because, (laughs) you know, being friends with Jen for 18 years now and uh, Donna, knowing what you do, Jen kind of is a walking ministry, even though it's not official. She is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And has ministered to me so much. (laughs) And as recently to my next door neighbor who uh, is speaking, singing your praises. Her husband, uh, sister has ALS. Oh, and Jen, you're still connected with that world because of Stephen, your husband, who's a long-term survivor of ALS, which is very unusual in this. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's like I think when we're in our deepest pain, that's when we need to reach out and help other people. Mm-hmm. As hard as it is, and if, if we don't, if we keep our eyes on ourselves, God doesn't want us to keep our eyes on that's ourselves right. ever. So in our deepest pain, use that. Um, We are all broken. I know a lot of us, people think that we live these perfect lives and have no pain, but everyone has pain. And the more that you share that pain with people, the more we connect. And I think that, you know, just with the recent events here in our own city of this uh, shooting with the family who was going to the dentist uh, with the three kids. And the kids are like the age of my kids. So she pulls in to, you know, get her, um, you know, uh, you know, kids' teeth cleaned. And this guy follows her in, blocks her in, and ends up gunning down her family. One of her boys died. He's 13. And then one ran, the 12-year-old, and then the 8-year-old critical last I heard. I can barely read the story, so if it has changed, I don't know. And the mom, of course, fighting for her life. But with that said, I was my brother then got into something with someone who was driving too close to his bike, and he made a comment to the guy at the gym as they were walking in. And the guy stood over my brother and called him all kinds of horrible words and spit on him and all these things because my brother had said, you got really close to my bike, leave me, you know, could you leave me a little bit of room next time? I, it almost ran me off the road. And uh, my brother, who is that type of person who thinks that just disseminating that information in just a uh, kind of a courteous, matter-of-fact way will be taken okay. And I, I, I sent him the article from Denver, and then I sent him an article that talks about road rage and how to handle it. And um, that, you know, you drive to like a police department, for instance. But I was interested in the psychological aspects of it and it said, generally, it has nothing to do with the incident that occurred on the road. It has to do with what's going on inside of mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. other events. And like, and I'm bringing this back around to what you said, Jen, about so many people are hurting, hurting and so many people are broken. And we oftentimes take an offense at something and take something personally when it has nothing to do with us, whether it be rude behavior from someone at an office or a fast food place or in line somewhere or on the road and that people are hurting and broken and that we need to learn how to respond like Jesus would rather than the way that we would like to. Amen. It is. And the more we can do that, the more we can get out of ourselves and help others. I just think that's love, period, end of story. doesn't matter what 
color or doesn't matter anything about them, you know, religion, sex, what, whatever, if that's the people we need to love more. Yeah. And Jesus, um, he was harder on the religious leaders because mm-hmm. they were putting up walls to get to God. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was very harsh with them. But those who are in sin, who are hurting, he was very truthful, but he was very loving okay. with them. So in reflecting Jesus in those situations, you know, it's it's more about bringing them um, to the love of God rather than reacting or getting involved in a big altercation. So I like to think of Jesus as my big brother, and I call him wisdom. So when I'm in those moments, I'm like, you know, big brother, give me some wisdom. What do you want me to say in this? But sometimes it is, you know, more of a drill sergeant, you know, you know, if if it's blocking a pathway to God, or you're making it harder, we can make it harder to get to God, right? So, you know, we want to utilize our words, just like Jesus did, and um, be loving and truthful, yet uh, a little bit harder on those who are blocking the path or or too religious um, right. and, and not being able and to see God. it's not a thing about judgment. You know, right. it's, a, it, it's all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's all about Christ and bringing people to the realization that without Christ, you're nothing anyway. That's right. Bottom line. Yep. You know, and so we have to portray that image at all times and everything that we do so that people will know beyond a shadow of a doubt. And, you know, one one thing that one phrase I, I, I hear a lot of people talk about is, well, I thought you were a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why would a person have to ask you that question? That's right. OK, <laughs> because if they look at you and see you doing something that you really not supposed to be doing and they ask you a question, well, I thought you was a Christian. Something's wrong with your walk. That's right. And that means that you're not representing God in the way that you're supposed to be representing him. Right. And then the judgment falls on you. But see, and and everybody is probably going to hear that question at least once in their Christian walk. But if you live a life that is patterned on Jesus Christ and the things that he says in his word, keeping yourself holy unto him and and remembering his word, keeping your eyes lifted up to him, then you will walk in the way that he wants you to walk and be able to minister to those people that you need to minister to. And they won't have to say to you, I thought you was a Christian. Amen. Mm -hmm. Just simple as that. You know, it's interesting you say that because uh, the, the neighbor kids, um, they're homeschooled, they're Christian family, and they keep saying to Hope and Faith, um, uh, you don't seem like Christians. I said, well, why did they say that to you? And Because Faith is like, um, who knows Faith, how she's like a little attorney, <laughs> how she's like in your face if there's an injustice, you know, and she is, is very tiny and loud, which she, I think she has to be as the little sister she feels. So anyway... Um, uh, so they, they, they thought she was loud, you know, and pushy, you know, like aggressive in defending her rights, you know. And then um, I guess somebody threw some trash, right, and then um, went and picked it up. But um, that was also an accusation that you weren't. So then they got a Christian quiz from the neighbor kids about like, well, as being a Christian is what Jesus gave you. Is it a gift or a present? You know, and so they passed that part. Then there was another part of the quiz. So I talked to their mom and I said, you know, normally I wouldn't say anything, but I said Esther has been quizzing the kids on whether or not they're Christians. And I, I tried to explain to Esther that, you know, when you accept Christ as your Savior, that it is a gift and we're all in different places in it's our walks. Gift. Mm-hmm. And that um, it doesn't make you not a Christian if you say something or if you're loud right. or, you know, whatever. And her mom kind of got a kick out of that because as the leader of five kids, being only 10, ten years old, mm-hmm. uh, she really does feel that she's got the, the guidebook on how to um, to know Jesus, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, <laughs> but I... It's uh, it's interesting because 
as adults, we do want to behave in a way that it would be obvious that we're Christians. Mm -hmm. And for kids, I think it's obviously a journey, you know, but they're already getting that, um, uh, I guess, judgment from a neighbor kid, letting them know that Christians would behave a certain way. Right. And that's what, you know, I'm trying to explain to them as well. Yeah. Even though it doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. Amen. Amen. What a journey these kids are on, huh? Yes, Lord. All right. You're listening to the good news and the good news gals are here. If you ever want to reach out to any of the good news gals or myself, you can go to AngieAustinRadio.com. AngieAustinRadio.com. We're involved in women's ministry, hair, beauty, writing, ghost writing. If you're looking about you know to write a book, uh, real estate. So uh, you can get in touch with us at AngieAustinRadio.com. We'll be right back. Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two, and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things, and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. Angie Austin here. You know, yesterday we had Kirk Cameron on the show, and now we're going to feature Kathy Ireland, although we're not going to be interviewing her. We're getting her her testimony. We love hearing these testimonies, you know, of how Christ has changed people's lives, and we can all chime in and talk about how God's working in our own lives as well. The good news gals are here. We've got Michelle, we have Janine, Monique, Cindy, and myself, of course, and producer Dave. And uh, I had the good news gals go through and listen to some of the uh, I am second, that's the website, I am second, second to God, second to the Lord, second to Jesus. And uh, Kathy Ireland was a favorite, so we thought we'd uh, play, uh, we'll probably stop in the middle and chat a little bit about it, but it's always neat to hear how people whose lives look so idyllic, and Kathy, of course, in her time was a supermodel, and didn't she marry shortly, for a short period of time, Bruce Springsteen? Right? Didn't she marry Bruce Springsteen for a time in there? I don't remember. I think she did. And then she, um, I think, had like her own home line or clothing line or something. Yes, she had a lot of lines. Doing really well. Yeah. And I, I think I can't remember. I'm going to look up and see who she married because I'm curious. uh, Because it was a famous marriage, but it was very short lived, if I recall correctly. And uh, it was someone that was well known, um, you know, famous like herself. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, Kathy, Ireland, net worth, biography, married. Uh, yeah, we'll figure that one out. Let's just listen to her testimony, and maybe she'll actually tell us who she was married to. Yeah, Kathy, Ireland. Oh, my goodness. Million-dollar decorator, clothing line, uh, uh, and then home you know, decorator line. So lots of neat things she's done in that avenue. But like many of us, we all oftentimes go through um, you know, hill valleys in life, and that is something. Yep, Bruce Springsteen. That's who she was married I did not to. Know that? Yeah, I it was. Either. Yeah, it she wasn't did really well. I mean, she, you know, was one of those one of the first people that I remember who was starting all these other lines off of her 
original way that she became famous. Yeah, right. And then, but and that was pretty impressive because some of the models just kind of moved. Yeah, disappeared. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, he. I think he left Kathy for his wife, his current wife, uh, Patty Skialfa. I'm pretty sure that's how it all went down. If I'm wrong, I'm sure someone will correct me. All right, let's take a listen to the uh, to the testimony of Kathy Ireland. My room was at the end of a really long, dark hallway, and I later learned from other girls who stayed there before me that they referred to that room as the dungeon. And it was in that dungeon that my life would be forever changed. I don't remember a time that I didn't believe in God always knew that he was there but I didn't know him and I didn't know that I didn't know him as a kid I would pray at times but it was usually it was about me it was when I needed something but there was a part of me that was kind of scared of God the church that I attended as a child the leader there would, would kind of yell and I didn't feel his love there of imposed what this man was doing on what God was all about. When I was a teenager, my mom got saved. And mom was really quiet about her faith in the beginning. But I was noticing this transformation in her, and I liked what I saw. I went off to Paris to start modeling and it sounds so much more glamorous than it was. I was 18 years old, and I was traveling alone. I was staying in a home where I didn't feel comfortable to the extent that any time I spent in that home, I would basically lock myself in my room. And I later learned from other girls who stayed there before me that they referred to that room as the dungeon. It was the middle of the night, and I had jet lag. And unbeknownst to me, Mom had slipped a Bible in my suitcase. I'd never read a Bible in my life. And it was out of jet lag and boredom and loneliness that I picked it up, and I randomly opened up to the Gospel of Matthew. And as I read, my life was forever changed. I was a rebellious teenager. I was questioning authority. Who really knows the truth? Who really knows what's right and what's wrong? Who's to say? And I knew that what I was holding in my hands was the truth. I think one of the things that grabbed a hold of me was that Jesus wasn't anything like I thought. He wasn't condemning. He wasn't yelling. He was loving and he was leading. And particularly as a young woman out in the world for the first time, in a world that oftentimes felt dominated by men of questionable character, it gave me such comfort to know that Jesus loves women and honors them. 
and Jesus Christ became my Lord, my Savior, my best friend. But I regret that I remained such a baby Christian for so long. I would continue to read the Word, but I would just read the same passages over and over. And there were other verses I would come across that I thought, surely it must be a typo or it doesn't pertain to me or some justification. And I believed the lie that it was too complicated or that I didn't need it. Yeah, if you asked me, I was a Christian. He was in my life. I, I loved him. I, I had him. But I was trying to mold God into what I wanted him to be rather than allowing him to mold me into the person he made me to be. One of my sins is the sin of self-reliance, being a control freak. And I think probably one of the most difficult things was giving up that control to God. I was at a, a women's retreat years ago. And as I was praying, I felt the Lord speak to me. He said, you say, I'm your first priority, but I'm not. I, I would say that my faith came first and then my family, but I was putting our... Okay, she just said, I would say that my faith came first and then my family. And so many of us say that our faith comes first, but it doesn't. And then that's how, it, but then you have to look at your life and see what you're putting importance on and then you realize what really comes first. And so many of us are like, oh, it's faith and family, you know, faith is first and da da da, da. but that's not how we live our lives. So mm -hmm. that really caught me. And then also when she said the sin of self-reliance, I'm like the queen of that. Uh, and it really wears you down when you don't give up any of the control to God or the people around you that can help you with things, the sin of self-reliance. I think many moms are guilty of that. Mm -hmm, for sure. <laughs> it's something we kind of have to, you have to convince uh, your fellow ladies um, to lean on you because you give them that option and they never even want to take it because we're all try just trying to be so self-reliant and mm -hmm. you have to literally insert yourselves in their life and say, listen, I'm, I'm here and I, I'm ready to do whatever you need me to do. But women are really struggle to take that help. And I think as women, um, especially like she said, in a male dominated society and the way that I grew up, and it was like everybody around me, I, you know, there were few people that I can depend on. And so I started working when I was 14 years old. So when my husband got drafted to the NFL, that was so hard for me not to work because I was so self-reliant. And I always felt like, you know, I can take care of myself. Like, I'm I don't need like anybody that. to oh take my, care of so me. We're so similar, yeah. Cindy. I, I know you relate to and that And well. it was such, God took me on a whirlwind because it wasn't about me so much depending on my husband, but it was about me being obedient to God because God was telling me, okay, be still. And he was telling me, if you can be obedient, and trust your husband to take care of you, then that means you trust me because you're doing what I told you to do. So it wasn't really about me trusting my husband, even though to take care of me, even though that's the way that God did it. But 
it was about me going through a transformation mm-hmm. and and relying on God. Letting go than, of that steering yeah, wheel or like the reins. Go. And that know, was and like, so uh, hard yeah. for me. It was well, so especially hard. Especially when you come from, Monique, you and I can relate to coming from, and Cindy, you too, from a difficult background situation where we had to be extremely self-reliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember Christmases when I was living in Los Angeles and I was working for NBC where not a single person from my family called me. There was no present under the tree. There was no card. There was no phone call all alone by myself. And like I had all the stuff then because I'd left low-income housing where I'd, I'd spent you know t- many years with my mother after my parents were divorced. And I'm living in an oceanfront penthouse with my convertible Porsche. And I've got my great job and I'm all alone on Christmas day. And you know, it's spread out in LA. So I had friends, but you know, they're with their families and they were ha- they have their thing going on. So I became an island of self-reliance. And mm-hmm. so if no one else was going to take care of me as a kid, then I was going to take care of myself. And I found myself to be much more capable capable mentally and then even then fiscally to take care of myself than the adults who were supposed to take care of me. So then you're so self-reliant that you don't trust anyone else to do what you can do for yourself. You're nodding, Cindy. Oh, I'm just agreeing with you completely. <laughs> you said Andy, naughty. Yes. No, 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 no. I'm agreeing no, she's with not you completely. Naughty. <laughs> she's nodding her I'm head. Cindy's a good girl. <laughs> yes, is. I'm not naughty. No, that is so true about self-reliance and just the journey you go through when you are a soul that has had to survive. Mm-hmm. And um, then as you go through different chapters in your life and God grows you, you let yourself be growing you learn to turn that over and trust, but it's not an easy step. Mm-hmm. And I can even say, even in my journey now, it's still not easy. And I, I have somebody that is totally my rock and I can trust, mm-hmm. but I'm still holding on to my parts of my life, but one of them being my career, that do bring me an income and stability and freedom in the sense that it is my own little piece of my high that I have, you know, worked right. my life up to, to have. Mm-hmm. You know, Jenny. it all, it all ahead, comes Jenny. on to you so gradually. You think, I'm doing, oh good, I'm getting things off the list. Oh, I'm accomplishing this. I'm taking care of it. Um, everything's working out great. And then suddenly, you have taken on everything. And for me, it's very <clears> easy <throat> to pray and give it up to God but only on paper. <laughs> I think ah. I write it in my journal because every so often I need a reminder from somebody of why do you think you're the only person on this team? Or so one of my daughters said to me the other day, Mom, you're not you're not in charge of the world, really. We can help you. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> it is. Oh, and by the way, I made a mistake. It was Julianne Phillips, and they look so much alike as I'm looking. That was Bruce Springsteen's uh, wife, and she also was, uh, see her? She looks a little bit like Kathy Ireland. Oh, she was a model d- in her time, Julianne Phillips. That's who Bruce Springsteen was married to. I recognize with, her. Uh, yeah, she was a model like years ago, years and years ago. Yeah. Okay, and then he married his current wife that he's still with. Uh, okay, so Kathy Ireland, we're listening to her testimony, and she's talking about committing the sin of self-reliance. Now, she kept saying she put God first, but then when she really broke it down, was she putting God first? And as I was praying, I felt the Lord speak to me. He said, you say I'm your first priority, but I'm not. 
I, I would say that my faith came first and then my family, but I was putting our kids in first position. And anything that comes before God is an idol, even if it's something good. And I said, but Lord, you know what I'm going through. With three kids, different ages, different needs, the business, I just felt so pulled in every direction. And I just said, I, I don't know how. And he said, trust me in this. Put me first, and I'll give you more time with your kids. I'll give you better time with your kids. And he is so faithful. He's, um, he's just so faithful. For me, I just started getting up earlier and spending time with him. And it would start out gradually. And then, I mean, now I can't get enough. And he's, he was our perfect father. He made us, he knows us. And by putting him first, it's incredible how he equips us and gives us exactly what we need. When people ask me, what are your goals? My goal in life is to grow closer to Jesus each day, to follow his lead for me, to stay on his path, to be obedient, and it's, it's just day by day. What do you think? I think that's the only thing you can do, to stay in one spot, not being pulled in every direction, really. You know, I thought she said something really interesting in the in the beginning part when she said that she believed in God, but it, she kind of was picked and choose like it was a choose your own God. Mm -hmm. Like she made it, she was making him in the way that she wanted him to be rather than the other way around. I thought that was really interesting. And then when she did finally give up control, how much more fulfilled her life was, which I thought it was a very interesting kind of way. And, and I think there's some truth to that in that a lot of people try to put their God on us and their relationship with the Lord. And mm -hmm. we, we are allowed to have our own relationship. Now, I'm not saying we interpret the Bible any willy-nilly way we want, but that it's a relationship that you're having with the Lord and other people may decide that they want to pursue it in a different manner. Right. You know? And I think it's important to, to you can't use it like mm -hmm. as ammo. You don't use the scripture as ammo because you don't like what people are, other people are doing. You need to use it and live you know, live the way that it said rather than use that. Yeah. Which I think was really interesting. Monique, were you going to say something? I just, I feel like um, we're all guilty of that at some point in our lives because we pick and choose what scriptures we want to apply to our lives. I know for me, giving up, you know, being self-reliant, I didn't want to look at the scripture where God said, I'll supply all of your needs. <laughs> <laughs> according to my riches and glory and I'm like no God I got this you just chill out for a second I have this and I think we're all guilty of that like she said picking and choosing what we want to apply to our lives alright if you go to AngieAustinRadio.com you can get in touch with any of the gals that I have on the good news show Michelle's in real estate Janine is my weight loss coach I've lost almost 20 pounds we're kind of on the 
uh, maintenance phase now. Monique is involved in the hair industry and extensions. And Cindy, the Botox beauty queen. And uh, we have many other good news gals. So any questions about any of us, go to AngieAustinRadio.com and I'll get you in touch with them. Uh, We'll be right back. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to The Good News. If you like The Good News program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com AngieAustinRadio.com Just click on Contact Me. I would would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Angie Austin here. You know, with kids, you've got to plan ahead for college, that's for sure. And the College Board is providing tips on planning ahead for college. Erin Lemon Strauss, the Executive Director of College and Career Access with the College Board, joining us with help. Hello, Erin. Welcome. Thanks. Good. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. Okay, so where do we start? (laughs) Well, where we start is uh, that this summer's coming up. So, you know, summer, we don't probably think about getting going for college. We probably think about doing things that, that may sound more fun, like, like going to the beach or reading a book or just relaxing. And we can definitely do all those things. But if you've got a junior or a senior in high school at home, or you are a junior or senior in high school, summer is really a great time to invest a little bit of time in kicking off that college going process. Um, in particular, it's a great time to start exploring colleges. There's a lot of colleges and universities out there in America, and the summer is a great time to uh, head over to Big Future, which is a web- free website we have that we built with college and universities in order to explore schools and find schools that could be good fits for you and where you want to spend four years of your life. Hmm. Yeah, that does make, uh, you know, like good use of your time if you can kind of balance it and get your kid to have a little fun, but also start planning. What about taking the SAT in August? <laughs> I, my nephew did that. Is, are there any advantages to that? Yeah, yeah. So, so this year, the SAT is being given at the end of August. And the advantage of that is, is, first of all, it means that you can spend the summer getting ready for the SAT. So the school year, obviously, there's a lot going on. You've got classes, you got after school, you got homework, you got sports or jobs or everything else that's going on. So the summer is a time you can spend a little bit of time getting ready for the SAT to get that top score. Um, the other great news is that, with, is that now there's free practice available through Khan Academy. So the best way to prepare for the SAT is now free through Khan Academy at satpractice.org. They've got thousands of questions, hundreds of videos, eight full-length practice tests, all of which gets personalized for students so that students are working on the content and the skills that they need to get a top score. So summer is a good time to get ready for the SAT, take it at the end of August, get a score that gets you into the schools you want to get into and get you the scholarship money you're looking for, um, and then get on with your life. (laughs) 
And all of that pre-prep you said at Khan Academy? That's right. That's right. So if you go to satpractice.org, you can get there, or you can head to Khan Academy. A lot of kids already already are using Khan Academy, um, and all of it's there for the SAT entirely for free. All right. In terms of like choosing a college, anything that you can tell us that you found helps students and parents uh, prepare for a college campus visit and know what to assess, not just that the campus is pretty or they met a nice girl or guy or whatever, or they like the restaurants or you can walk places. Like what what can we do to prep to really have a list of the right things on a checklist to assess? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. And, you know, some of those things, you know, may or may not be that useful, but, but some of them are pretty good. I mean, if you if you do get a good feeling on a campus, that's valuable. But, but what I would say is, when you're going to go on a college campus visit, you want to book an appointment in advance with the admissions office to get a tour. Um, they're going to show you the best parts of the campus. They're mm-hmm. going to give you the positive spin. But you want to see that, right? You want to hear sort of that. And then once that's done, ask if you can sit in on a class. Um, schools will let you, if, especially if you ask permission, go sit in the back of a class, um, especially if it's a subject that the student's interested in. So if I know that I'm, I want to be an English major, I can head into an English class um, and see what English classes is like on college campuses. See if the if I like the professors. See if I like the content area, and then you know head over to the to the dining hall or the campus center um, and see if you can find some real students uh, and ask them for their opinions. Um, you know, our experience is that college students are really honest about uh, what life is like on their campus. They'll give you the, the good. They'll give you anything that may not be so good, um, and you can get a real feel for that. And then the the final thought on that is. Uh, many schools will let you do an overnight um, with students, um, and that's, you know, of course, only if you're comfortable with that and if your parents are comfortable with that, but um, it'll give you a real sense of, of what life can, can really be like on college campuses. That is a great idea to actually get the real students and get them a separated, like you know, separate from you know the t- the official tour and really speak with people and doing an overnight. Oh, that is brilliant. I didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, yeah. But, you know, so of course, I mean, I do encourage you to do the tour, but of course, and the tour tours generally are done by current students. But of course, you know, the school will pick the students, and uh, they probably feel pretty positively. So, and and I should say. College is great, so I'm not trying to say that there's like skeletons in the closets of the colleges. I think mm-hmm. you, you know you should go to college and have a great time, but it's also worth you know doing a little bit of research and seeing if there might be something that that uh, you should know about before before picking college. Absolutely, great info, Aaron. Uh, where do we go to get more information again? The, the website? Yeah, so head to Big Future. That's BigFuture.org. It's a completely free website that we built in collaboration with colleges and universities to help students learn more about, um, you know, colleges and, you know, their programs and what they offer and how much they cost and how you can get scholarships and everything about the process. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.